0: Hello And welcome to Love, Life, Money, and a Cup of Coffee with Cody and Kathy
1: Hello, hello Hello, hello Welcome back
0: Thank you <laughs> I appreciate it No, I meant um, Oh, you meant Gracie I meant Gracie we Gracie
1: did- hasn't been with us for a couple of episodes So, yeah, I'm glad to have her back
0: She's sniffing around. She's trying to figure out what the, what the heck's going on here. Hi, baby.
1: It's okay. Weather's warming up, and, you know, she's getting out more.
0: Well, she's coming with us to, I guess, are we planting a tree for my parents after this?
1: Yeah. So. Okay. Anyway, now that it's, like, warming up, you know, I took her on a short walk, and I roll my ankle.
0: Oh, yeah. It was bad. Oh, no.
1: Yeah, and I almost need a long-term care policy. <laughs> <laughs> I almost need long-term care.:
0: Oh man.
1: <laughs> so I know we touched about this topic a couple episodes ago, but mm-hmm. you know, it's worth coming back to. and now that, you know, some of the states have made that a requirement for people to have, mm-hmm. you know, it's worth a topic worth, worth revisiting.
0: We brought in a special guest today, uh, Alex. Uh, maybe you can just take take a minute here and just introduce yourself. He he's yeah. Alex is our specialist. We work with him on a regular basis, trying to identify, right. you know, the best the best way to protect our clients. And so may, maybe you can just introduce yourself real fast.
2: Yeah, no problem. So my name's Alex Fikiti. I started out in the industry as a long term or er, life insurance specialist with a. LPL advisory team. LPL is a you know hundred billion dollar broker dealer, and you know, I was working there for about two years. And um, One America knocked on my door and actually gave me an opportunity to come over to the other side of the table mm-hmm. and be on this, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, a wholesaling side of the the field. So, why that? I I thought that was important. I could make a much larger impact. You know, yeah. I, I had the opportunity to work with thousands of advisors thousands of families, American families, and I just wanted my impact to be larger. Um, so for me, it was a no-brainer to come over here and start working specifically in the long-term care space. Um, you know, I got my life insurance license and my economics degree at the same time. I was still in college working for these advisors. And then one America just said, hey, you know what? You've got you've got the juice. You've got what, we, what
0: we're looking yeah. for.
2: And so I, I made the switch. And yeah, for the last seven years, it's been great. And geez, if, if I'm lucky enough, I'll be here for another 20.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And no wonder I like him. Why? <laughs> We're a fellow economist.
0: Oh, yeah, Thomas. yeah, yeah. yeah. There you yeah. go. There you go. Yep. <laughs> you have your uh, economics degree?
1: Yeah, I, I,
2: just my bachelor's. Not oh, uh, cool, cool. Not a master's degree. Yeah. Just decided, you know, that four years was enough for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I went
2: to a went to a state school in, in California, so okay. just a CSU out cool. there. So cool. Cal State San Marcos, if anybody's heard of it, it's a— It's a little school. Mm -hmm. It was 10,000 students when I started, and I think it's up to, like, 35,000 students now, so. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you knew Kathy has her economics degree. I I now know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I started out being in, you know, wanting to get into foreign affairs, and so I double (sighs) majored. And then, of course, 9-11 happens, and I just need to get the political economic side of my system, so that's why I pursue it in cool. grad school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I, I like to brag about her. She's really smart. There you go.
1: <laughs> well, today is not about me. So let's.
0: <laughs> All right. Oh, why not? Yeah. It's, <laughs> let's make it about her. Um,
1: okay. So I roll my ankle. <laughs> I couldn't walk. So I need help. What transferring?
0: <laughs> yeah. You needed help transferring. Cause I realized that I'm not equipped to, uh, be a caregiver
1: well we have like three flights of stairs so yeah this is why you know it's a good practice for us to know what we can and for what we are willing to do and not willing to do Yeah, towards the you know in our golden years so absolutely it's a good practice
0: i think we're in our golden years i'm in my i just entered my golden years No, what you're talking about
1: (laughs) no golden years is Sixty-five and over. I've
0: that's got my AARP membership. That's a
1: pre-golden year, I've so got, you're a pre-retiree. I'm
0: getting, I'm getting invites for retirement seminars on the daily.
1: Yeah. So Which, I think, like, you know, do your homework. He's a financial advisor.
0: We well, do those they, seminars they, they too. They can only do so much, <laughs> you know. They're looking at. Once you start getting
2: discounts, the the senior discount. Yeah. That's when you know you've made it.
0: She, <laughs> <laughs> she's using me for my senior discounts right now. I'll tell you that. Hey. Well, listen, uh, so, you know, for, here's the thing. Like Kathy said, we've covered this topic uh, probably more than once. We we talk about it all the time. And really the reason is, is we continually, every time, like it's, it's affected almost every single family that, well, it has affected every family, whether they've had a plan or not. And uh, we, we actually went to lunch with some friends the other day and, and one of my really, really good friends, uh, I knew his parents well, and his mom has pro- been providing their, uh, his dad care. Like she's been providing that care for him for oh, Forever, a long, a long, a long time. So, you know, it's just the, the wear and the tear and the emotional, the financial, you know, and as we look into retirement, you know, we're we're all obviously we're always looking at what what train wrecks could could derail uh, our ability to maintain our standard of living, and when we look at it, you know, there's a few things that we look at. Uh, you know, certainly taxes are one. Uh, w- you know, with Cap being a CPA, we, we incorporate that into all of our planning. Uh, market risk is certainly a concern that retirees have, right? The mark the markets are, are could be could be volatile. Sequence returns, you know, how we take our money. H- how do we create income out of our assets? Yeah. Um, and and then and then healthcare, you know, healthcare. And when we say healthcare, a lot of people say, "Well, I've got Medicare, Medicare, and Medicare will cover that, or what you know, this or health insurance." We're not talking about doctor visits we're not talking about hospital visits we're talking about longer-term care stuff and so we we want to hit this again because because of that we we just see it as it's just very very damaging uh, in so many ways that if you know and so with any risk you know we 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 can say well we can assume that risk and just say well we, at least we know about it, you know, and that's why we're talking about it. And if, you, if you're listening to this and you decide you want to assume the risk, we just want to go through what that might look like. And we're not here, and, and this is something else, we, we don't, we're not here to, like, scare people into buying long-term care insurance. That's not, that's not what we're here to do. We're Absolutely. here to have a discussion around, okay, if I assume the risk, what does that look like? If I transfer the risk, what does that look like? Period. That, that's what we're trying to do.
1: Yeah, and it's part of omitting the risk.
0: Absolutely. In our
1: planning process, right? So statistically, someone turning 65 today has almost a 70% chance of needing some type of care, you know, whether that's, you know, down the road. It's, you know, Alzheimer's is becoming a bigger issues than, you know, heart disease and things like that. So. yep
0: there's this i know alex i think you had mentioned a statistic on alzheimer's and and the severity of that problem right now like what's going on there
2: it's really just one of those things that doctors have found a way to make our bodies keep moving you know that there's no doubt that that medical technology has advanced drastically even over the last 10 years uh the issue is is that I mean, even companies like Pfizer have put billions of dollars into research on Alzheimer's, and they actually discontinued that program, just sunk billions of dollars into it. They didn't get anywhere. Um, The problem is, is we just haven't figured out a way to stop these cognitive impairments. Uh, One of the facts of the long-term care world is cognitive impairments have been the number one claim in the last two years for long-term care. It used to be that you're not able to move around the house and it was your body failing you. Now we're seeing more and more of our minds failing us, and creating the need for extended healthcare, whether that's at home or in a facility. Now, what Kat was saying too was, seventy percent of people sixty-five or older are going to need long-term care. Twenty percent of people are going to need it for five years or more. But if you have Alzheimer's, that's eight to ten years on average.
0: Yeah, eight eight to
2: ten years on average, um, you know, with no end in sight, right? And so, you know, the the fact of the matter is, by the year twenty fifty. We've done enough research with the Alzheimer's organization, Alzheimer's awareness organization. By the year 2050, we're expecting every 33 seconds somebody in the United States is going to be diagnosed with the disease.
0: Wow, yeah,
2: you know, it's just a um, until we find medication that will work. This is starting to be very real. So anyway, for what it's worth,
0: yeah, no, well, exactly.
1: So I know, like previously, when I talked to you, um, to your predecessor before, the longest person that's been on claim with one America the last I heard was like 19 years is that still going on
2: 19 years and that that actually is not even cognitive the 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 gentleman has Parkinson's disease so yeah so so 19 years and we have we have plenty of claims that are north of 10 years as well so I mean it's a it's a scary fact but you know what they're definitely happy that they planned ahead of time. Let's just yeah. say that.
0: It's, it's interesting. We had, a, we had a client come in. He's in his mid-40s. And he, he said, my, my wife is concerned about Alzheimer's. Her mother had it. And yep. her mother had it. So his, his, her grandmother and her mother had it. And yep. he says, I, I, I want to get something in place now to, to take care of it. I I, I was like, I was kind of blown away. I'm like, that that's really smart, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because average, oh, yeah.
1: Co- average cost in Utah for a private room right now for long-term care or in a nursing home is $74,000 a year. A semi-private room is about $60,000 a year. And for home health care, roughly about 40,000 a year.
0: Well, and that's sure. what I, I tell my you know, I just ask people like, where do you, where do you want to be? Right. Like, where do you want to be? I don't want to be, I, well, I told Kathy, I, I really don't care where I'm at, especially if I have Alzheimer's I'll be fine in a facility as long as they have, you know, games and group, you know, <laughs> group activities.
1: Or a hot brunette you know, rolling you around.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I really, but, but really, I think most of us would say um, we want to be at home, you know? And so, you know i remember i remember every sunday growing up after i had a license i would drive out and go see my grandma and she was in a she was in a facility but she hadn't planned she didn't have the resources and so that facility was a government facility medicaid and yeah. i just remember walking into that building and the smell and the I, I just remember my grandma just laying on her couch all day and it was just it just like even as a younger man, I just, it just, I knew something wasn't right. Like it just didn't, you know, having my grandma in that situation was, it just was, was really hard to, to watch. So I'm very passionate about this. And and so let's, let's talk real quick. What would trigger, we talked about Alzheimer's, obviously there's cognitive issues. uh, There's, there's, so what would trigger you, you needing some type of care? There's really, we call them six ADLs or uh, activities of daily living. And as I was going through these as an advisor, we talk about this so often, I think we kind of glance through this stuff. It's like, okay, you know, we have bathing, we have, you know, if you need help, bathing, dressing, eating, toileting, uh, transferring, which would be getting in and out of bed uh, continents. uh, Those are the six, right? Alex is. Yes, absolutely.
2: And what we, what we found is if, Two of the six activities of daily living being failed triggers a long term care claim. What we have found is that if you're failing one of the six activities of daily living, that usually comes yep. with two or three
0: yeah. years. Yeah, I, and that's that was kind of my point. I was reading through some of the details of like bathing and dressing, and I some things kind of came out to me on on dressing. It's like if you're unable to fasten buttons or tie shoelaces or manipulate zippers, that that's a sign of of uh, indicative of loss of motor skills, um, you know, bathing. You know, it's one thing to get maybe you can get in and out of the tub, but you can't really, you
1: clean know, yourself. clean yourself
0: yeah. well. Like, I, you know, th- yep. this, these are hard topics to talk about, but but there's details in there, and and I think the key here is who says whether or not I can do my two dailies. Is that is it is it the insurance company? Is it is it my doctor? Who who, de- who determines that?
1: Your wife
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man
2: yeah that cat does <laughs> cat
0: determines that all
2: right we we actually look at your primary doctor, so you know if there's a decline okay. in health you're going to go see your primary care physician and they're going to write up what's called literally a plan of care yeah and they will indicate the activities of daily living that are being failed indicating to one America, or if it's not one America, the company that you have a long term care plan with, that there is a problem there. And what we'll do is then start the claims process. Once you hire somebody, we start to pay the bills automatically. So I mean, I can get into that uh, in more detail later. But at the end of the day, we're looking at your doctor, this is not going to be something where one America is going to send out a specialist to determine whether or not we're going to pay you, your doctor will see that 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 you know that health decline is there. So
0: okay, gotcha. And that's good to know because obviously none of us trust insurance companies, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, you know, there, to be to be quite frank, there are there are competitors in the industry in the long term care world that they, they certainly do hire a team of doctors and they, they send their doctors out and not oh, listen to yours. Oh, so, yeah, gotcha. It, it, uh, that's a difference maker with One America.
0: So. There's a couple difference makers. The other one, and we'll get into it, is that benefit specialist who can cl- helps that person or stay organ. We'll, we'll we'll get into yeah, that.
1: They call it the claim concierge.
0: Yeah, um, I, I I mean that's yeah. just critical to have someone kind of quarterbacking the whole process to for the family. But uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: we want we want you to spend time with your loved one instead of you know going through the back office trying to figure out you know, a care, how to pay and let's,
0: let's, let's talk about that. So, you know, we talked about assuming the risk. So, so what is, what, let's just walk down that road. So I say, I want to, I don't, you know, people say, well, how much money do I need to have to assume the risk? And, and a simple answer for us is if you have a net worth of anywhere from eight to 10 million uh, or above, we would, we would, we're not going to argue with you. If you want to assume that risk and pay for it, you can probably afford it at, at that point. Um, we were actually doing a financial plan. Uh, well, it was, we are updating a financial plan for a client. They actually had long-term care, just some... Uh, Real kind of basic policies that that paid out. I think it was about thirty three hundred a month for each person. They have the
1: joint. Um, actually, they have the joint one America policy. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: So we're the old product.
0: So we did the financial plan, and we were still like if so we put a we put a cost of of care in, into the plan, and it, it was very concerning. So we were we were on the phone with the client explaining our concern. And he's and and he, he asked a really good question, which is, well, what does the financial plan say? And yeah. so we we literally just put in that expense, and his the probability of success on that plan went from above ninety five down to like sixty five, even though they had the basic you know thirty three hundred a month, uh, right? But I don't think there was even there's not inflation on there. There's that.
1: not inflation on there, but we could also supplement with their.
0: Well, so, so that's why we, we, we kept kept some insurance that they are some life insurance they had in place that we could use the death benefit to, to help supplement that.
2: Sure. Sure. And yeah, they went from 95% to about 65%. I mean, 65% in my mind, that's really close to a coin toss. You know, if if you get down to like the 50% range, you're now leaving your retirement success up to heads or tails, right? I mean, that's. So it's are you saying
0: it, so if I'm 65 or older there's a 70 percent chance that I'll need some care at some point at, yep the,
2: if you weren't married but you know what it's an 80 percent chance if you're married and I think that there's just a psychological factor there you're, you're, there's something to there's something to say to that you know yeah. you want to stick around a little bit longer you have that will to do that so yeah, yeah, yeah. married married people there's an 80 percent chance that somebody in the marriage will need it if you're an individual it's 70 percent.
0: Yeah, well, unless
1: your wife can't talk, then you know he, your risk of needing care goes down because uh, you know your brain's not.
0: Well, I was going to say for us men, you know, <laughs> we probably have a ninety-nine percent chance, you know, because if if my ankle rolls, I will need care. That's for sure. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about that. So we, you know, there's the financial burden, which obviously uh, can can affect a lot, and. You know, Most of our clients say we want our kids to come visit us, but we don't want them to have to, to take that on. And what we see most of the time is usually the oldest daughter is kind of...
1: Or one of the daughters.
0: It, 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 it's just kind of the way it works sometimes ends up with a lot of that responsibility. And so anyway, it's it, it, not that that but that, but that's kind of the plan if you don't have a plan in place is the kids you know usually need to come in and help facilitate that and and it yeah. can be an emotional you know you, you just I want especially with like I look at my children I want I want them to come visit I want to maintain that relationship same with Kathy you know I don't want her to to be taking care of me so um I want her to come visit me and you know kiss me up and you know, she can leave me at the facility or whatever, but uh,
1: yeah, I'll leave him in a facility, but I'll make sure to get him a nice, you know, young nurse that could oh take God. care of him.
0: You're so full of it. Okay, so um, you know, okay. th- again, if you don't have a plan, you want to assume the risk. This and this is key, and this is this is something we kind of learned from you, Alex. It's like okay, it, you have your investments and you have all these accounts that you've saved for retirement you know literally take a pen and list out what accounts you would start with as far as if you needed to care what accounts would you start to liquidate from right can you hit on that a little i thought that that really had an impact on me like it because it puts it on paper right like where would i start and how and, and where would i pay that from
2: well well that's the goal it's you know if you're if if we talk about this with with clients and let them know how it's going to affect them financially how it's going to affect their family And they say, you know what, we'll just go ahead and assume this risk with our existing assets. Then go ahead and on a piece of paper, write down the assets in order that you would like to draw from. And, you know, if number one is your IRA, well, okay, eventually, because long term care can last up to 10, 15 years. I mean, as we've discussed, you know, that's a finite amount of dollars. So once the IRA is gone, okay, what's the next asset? All right, your savings. Now, once your savings is gone, okay, what's the next asset? You know, the house, right? And you just keep moving on through what you own. And you know, that is a plan, right? I mean, our goal is to have a plan and and some people's plan is, this is where we're gonna draw from first, so on and so forth. And what I like to let clients know is when you're putting down those assets in order, next to that, write down the taxation, write down how easily accessible that money is. Mm -hmm. And then write down, where that money was supposed to go if you didn't spend it in a nursing home, right? Mm-hmm. Usually it's grandkids or your kids or charity, you know? So it, it really becomes the reality of your, your plans for legacy are diminished. And at the end of the day, people don't realize this is an income issue. You know, paying for long-term care, as Kat was saying, I mean, the national average is $90,000 a year in a nursing home. That's not ninety thousand dollars in an IRA. That's ninety thousand dollars cash. Yeah. So if you need to come up with that money, usually what we're seeing is people are pulling a buck thirty out of their IRA to come up with a dollar for a nursing home. Yeah. Whereas what what uh, planning ahead with an insurance policy can do is allow you to pay thirty three cents on the dollar, you know, to get that same dollar for long term care. So for what it's worth, it, we're we're really worrying about taxation, liquidity, and obviously legacy planning.
1: Yeah, and also some people would say, like, oh, I have Medicare. Medicare will pay for it. No, Medicare only pays for up to a certain ima- amount of days. It's like, a,
0: what, 120 days or something. It's, it? a, it's yeah, 100
2: days. 100,
1: 100 days. Yeah. Yeah. You have
2: to be in a hospital for a qualifying stay, So You have to be in the hospital for at least three days. After you release from the hospital, you have 14 days to admit yourself to a nursing home. The problem with that right now is nursing homes are highly impacted these days. Mm-hmm. Oh. People are needing care much lar- longer, much more frequently. So the the ability for you to even get into a nursing home, there might be a waiting list. You yeah. might miss the yep. 14-day window. Yeah. Yep. But let's say you do get into a nursing home in that 14-day window. Medicare will pay for your first 20 days. And then from day 21 to 100, you actually split the bill with Medicare. Mm-hmm. And then day 101 to the end of time is out of your pocket. So. Medicare is really a short-term conversation. This is a long-term care topic.
0: Mm. I love what what Kathy says. She says, you know, money money doesn't buy you happiness, but it buys you choices, and that's I think uh, really critical in this conversation because you, if you don't have the, the ability to choose where you want to be, you know, how you're going to, you know, you may be able to choose how you pay for it to some extent. Uh, right. You know that that's a big hindrance as well. So. Uh, Well, and so, so that is our option, right? We can, we can assume it. Uh, Those are some issues that just, we wanted our listeners to be aware of. So let, let's now let's, let's, and and this has really changed the way that uh, I look at, at this risk because back in the day, I mean, you know, I I was in the late nineties, we were selling like these long-term care policies where, you know, premiums weren't guaranteed and you know under uh, insurance companies I, st- I still think insurance companies are underestimating the impact that this is going to have on on their side of the equation but nevertheless you know we saw these premiums increasing every year to the point where clients were just like this is ridiculous i we we're not going to pay these premiums they end up dropping the policy and or you know so it's like you either use it or you lose it and, and that's been the big change in this industry is now we can kind of say, okay, we have these assets, maybe let's carve these assets off. we The primary purpose is still retirement, but if needed, we can use them for care on a leveraged basis. So if I have, you know, I could maybe carve out you know uh, 20% of my portfolio or 10% of that portfolio to kind of protect the whole portfolio and the the my whole standard of living but not lose access to that to those assets if I need them for retirement can can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about how that works and like what what are the best ways to to pay for that
2: absolutely so yeah to your point you know it was very common probably 20, 30 years ago to pay for what was called a traditional long-term care policy. It's just like your car insurance, just like your home insurance. You pay into it every single year. It gets more and more expensive as you get older. And eventually, you know, you have the option to pay ungodly amounts of money for the same coverage, or, you know, the the insurance company was hoping you walk away from it. And really, the reality of that is if you need long-term care, great, you have the protection in place. But if you never need long-term care, then that those premiums get absorbed by the insurance company and you get nothing out of it. So what one America does is we are able to utilize assets that range from simply cash reserves. Maybe it's a CD or a money market account. We can even use life insurance money if, you know, you have cash value in a life insurance policy or better yet, you've got a non-qualified annuity that you've purchased tell, tell uh, me, and, and last but not least, I don't yeah, mean to interrupt you. Tell,
0: uh, what, what do you mean on that? You can use the cash value of your life insurance policy. What, what do you mean by that?
2: Yeah. So when you're paying premiums into a, a life insurance policy, if, if you have a, if it's not a term policy, yeah. uh, you've got different life insurance contracts that build up cash value inside of the policy we can actually transfer that cash value into a long-term care oh, program. Oh, I see. I
0: see. I see are That, you're that will
2: be able to utilize that. I mean, that actually, you know, story for my folks, they, they bought life insurance because, you know, when, when my sister and I were, you know, babies, they wanted to make sure that, you know, we were going to be okay if something happened to them or, you know, if something happened to my mom or dad, they'd have money to, to keep the family intact. Um, but they realized when they were 60 years old, they're like, we don't really have a need for life insurance anymore. You know, um, you know, I'm I'm well doing doing fine. You know, I'm, I've got you know, a job. My sister's got a job. And, you know, that wasn't really a necessity. So they took the cash value that had built up into those policies and used that asset to pay for a plan that will provide long term care. Mm. And what's nice is that these long term care plans for one America, they're called asset based or hybrid long term care. It truly is an asset in the client's portfolio in that the cash value that you transfer over. Yes. It provides long-term care. If you need it, absolutely. That's the number one risk we're trying to cover. But if you never need it, one America is going to pay a life insurance benefit to your beneficiary. So unlike the traditional side, where if you never need care, that money's gone with one America, if you never need long-term care, we're going to pay a death benefit well up and above your premium back to your estate. Or to your beneficiaries, to charity, whoever you designate. Uh, so kind of like a, a no risk to you, other than you know, taking that money and you know going on vacation or something, right? Or, or I mean, if the client you know, you can,
0: If the client changes their mind, that, that asset's still available for them to, to do what they absolutely.
2: need. Absolutely. So yeah, so you'll be able to access your premium if you don't want the contract anymore. If you never need long term care, a death benefit will pay your kids. Well, if you need long term care it's there for
0: you. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, one one thing that stuck out at me was the annuities. A, a lot of people have these annuities and, and and they have a lot of gains in these annuities and yeah. all those gains are going to be taxable. If it's in an IRA, it's all going to be taxable. So yeah. those are amazing <laughs> vehicles to use because you don't have to pay the tax. You can 1035 exchange it or, or transfer it tax-free yeah. into another a uh, bucket, right, that's then leveraged up to pay for that care. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, the, the Pension Protection Act, basically uh, in 2006, gave the, gave the citizens of the United States the opportunity to say, hey, if you've got this annuity that's sitting on the sidelines, it's grown, it's done great for itself, there's a bunch of gains built up in there. Well, problem number one is if you tap into that money for long-term care, it's taxable and we're trying to create a tax-free amount of money to pay for this expense, with those non-qualified annuities, if you move it into a long-term care annuity with One America, you're not paying taxes on the gains anymore. When you pull out the benefits for long-term care, they are 100% tax-free. So you could have $100,000 of built-up growth inside of that annuity, which is all taxable if you use it from that contract. But if you move it over to One America and you need long-term care, there's zero tax consequences for
0: that income. Yeah, that's, that's pretty powerful. It is pretty powerful. So, So, okay. A a question I have. So if, if I'm listening to this, I may say, okay, I want to kind of look at this, like what kind of health, uh, because an annuity is not necessarily an insurance product. Uh, right. So the, the, the underwriting, that I would have to go through it looks different than if I were to buy a pure long-term care policy. Can you tell us a little bit about, okay, am I insurable? What, what, what does that mean? What does that yeah, look absolutely.
2: Like? I'll, I'll actually tell you a story that uh, happened to me this week. I was, I was in Denver and I was working with a team of financial advisors and they had brought about 12 clients to a traditional long-term care company to try and get them long-term care on the traditional side. So that use it or lose it plan They were 100%. They were 12 for 12 on declines because those policies are so difficult to get approved for. And so these long-term care annuities that One America offers, we're just looking at a memory test. So we're going to do a cognitive exam with a registered nurse. So you're going to just hop on the phone and they're going to give you a memory test and they're going to ask about prescription drugs that you're taking. And as long as you don't have any existing cancer or existing cognitive issues, or you're currently in a wheelchair requiring long-term care, that's really all we're looking for. And so we have a very, very high approval rating, even all the way up to age 85 mm. for those contracts. So, I mean, one of, the, one of the speed bumps we have to get over is clients will come to you in their late 70s, early 80s and say, you know, it's probably too late for me to think about this. Well, think again. You know, we've, yeah. we've got some options that are very, very applicable for that age group with a very, uh, I guess, lenient underwriting process.
0: Well, and that's good to know because if I have this account and, and we, we see it all the time, it's like, what's the purpose of this account? And the client will say, well, that's probably just going to end up going to my, my estate or my children right. or whatever. Uh, again, that might be a way to le- let's leverage that account. You don't lose access to it if you need it. Um, and we can we can use that in case, uh, in case there's an event there.
1: Yeah, we can protect you from risks, whether it's health risks, taxes, everything. And at
2: the risk of getting too much into the details, I mean, if you've got a 80-year-old that has $100,000 earmarked for, you know, this is just going to go to my, my beneficiaries, well, we can still make that happen. That $100,000 will go to your beneficiaries if you move it to One America and never need care. But on the the flip side of that, we'll add 150% to that premium for tax-free long-term care. So that hundred thousand is now valued at two hundred and fifty thousand dollars all tax-free when it comes to one america and if again if you never need it that hundred grand goes to the estate so you know the estate is replenished but if you need long-term care the estate is saved
0: right by at
2: least a quarter million dollars in
0: that example it's like a no-brainer and it's funny it's like men will come in i'll never need care and women are like, you know, as we get into the conversation, like <laughs> women see risk differently than men. You know, we just yeah. feel like it's never going to happen to us. I'm not quite sure why I brought that up. but Well, um,
1: kind of like, you know, we we look at our family like your mom's a caretaker of your dad. Oh, she,
0: just, you know, she has. I mean, she's not really. What do you mean? Well, like when he got his kidney. He's
1: got his kidney, but, you know, she's. You know she's been she's been there she's for him to there support for him through his health. Yeah, issues, and yeah. you can see the decline in her emotions, emotional um, well-being well being during that during yeah, that period better, of time. Yeah. It's gotten better because he's better, but at the same time, like, do you want like ask yourself, do you want me to go through that? Like, I'm already crazy enough. Like, if I have to take care of you,
0: you already take care of me, baby.
1: I know, but if it get worse, like. You know, it's going to be that's, like, that's a, I'll, it, I'll drive everybody crazy. Yeah,
0: no, it, it, it's well, they say they say the caregiver's life expectancy is usually shortened mm-hmm. by two to three yeah. years just because of that, that care.
2: Sixty percent of spousal or family caregivers develop chronic illnesses. Wow. Sixty percent. I mean, crazy. and it's a it's a fact of the matter. You're taking time away from your friends. You're taking yeah. time away from yourself. I mean, if you go to the gym regularly. You're not going to go to the gym anymore. Yeah. You know, if if yeah. you're if you're working or if you've got family obligations, you know, those go to the sidelines and it takes an emotional toll on people and what people don't realize emotionally but also physically. You know, we see a lot of actual substance abuse from Uh, kids that are taking care of mom and dad. I mean, it it creates Mm. depression and anxiety. And then you, you know, you start to take these medications that you would have never had to take. Hmm. And so we're, we're really trying to come in and say, you know what, let the family oversee the care. Yeah. Let one America come in, pay the bills automatically. So nobody has to administer those payments and let the professionals take care of you so that you're in the best shape that you can be in during that period.
0: Well, and, and to that point, uh, so let's hit on the care. Cause this is, I think one of the, like, yeah, we use life insurance a lot to where we can just access the death benefit, but there's no, there's not a care coordinator there. There's no one there telling you, okay, this right. needs to be paid. This needs, you know, t- tell me uh, that is so critical. And I think it's so important to understand. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in my, uh, my, my dad's mom. So my grandma, she had my my cousins out in New Jersey that were basically tasked with taking care of her. It took them six months to find the right person to hire to take care of her. And so with that being the case, One America will come in and we will connect you with our claims concierge team. So it, by owning one of these policies, you have an individual claims concierge representative that will answer your call day in and day out. And you have that one representative yeah. to contact. You don't have to call in. 10 different times to 10 different people explaining your story, you get one representative. And that representative will send in what's called a care coordinator to your home to help make recommendations on who should be providing the care in the area. So basically we'll give you a list. Here's here's three of the top care providers in your area based on the needs that you require, and then you can go ahead and hire them. Now, one of the pushbacks I get from clients is, well, what if I don't wanna hire who you recommend? Well, it's fine. You can hire whatever whatever care provider you want. That service is just to come in and say, this is who we know is the best. And so it saves the family a lot of time, a lot of research, and a lot of headache. Now, when you hire somebody, and I'll just stick to home health care, you hire a home care provider. One America's claims concierge representative that you're tied to will then receive your monthly bills directly, and we will pay the bill directly to the care provider, allowing the family, they don't have to send in receipts or bills or, you know, statements to track those payments. One America is just gonna pay the bill directly to the care provider to avoid the the you know the work that the family might need to do. So, you know, it's a it's a common practice for us. You can decide to receive your check directly and then pay the care provider directly, but again That's a lot of work. So what we do is we pay that bill automatically. So the family can just, again, oversee the care, the care is being provided, the bills are being paid for, and nobody has to worry about where the next dollar is going to come from.
0: Well, I think that's really, really important. Like, you know, even my life insurance, I could access for chronic care, which is really the same thing as long-term care if I needed to. but, But having someone oversee all that, I just, that's, that's critical. And it's, it's interesting on, and we'll end, we'll end on this note, but I remember, you know, Kathy and I, we've been married for about five years and we started to work together and this was kind of a new concept for her. And, you know, she's very intelligent. We were obviously doing financial plans together with, for clients. And she started to look into this and immediately we, we looked at, protecting ourselves even even though i mean kathy's in her 30 uh, or early, early 40s <laughs> i wish uh you know i'm i'm at that point i was 45 like you know it's it was interesting to see her take on this and what you know and and her kind of opening my eyes to the impact of that if this were to happen even at a young age like you don't have to be old like so we, someone could get in a car accident you know or and and not you know, now disability insurance is income replacement. I don't want to confuse that with long term care, but sure. I, I could be I could be twenty, right, and and end up needing care for some reason or another. Yeah,
2: yeah even- I mean, go to a, go to a local nursing home, and you will count on two hands or more the amount of people there that are younger than sixty five. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's – it, and I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and challenge
1: anybody listening in.
2: I mean, it's a reality. Go ahead. Go check it out and see how many people there are 90 years old. It's a lot of folks in their early 60s.
1: Or even younger because, like, there are people with cancer that needed care as well. So I think that's why long-term care hits home for me because sometimes when you're just having, you know, even an illness that prevents you from – doing the four, you know, two out of the six daily living activities. It's still, you know, start planning at a very, at a young age. It doesn't matter how old you are. I don't care if you're in your early 20s, 30s, 40s. You don't know when you're going to need care. Like, do I think I might have cancer twice? And, you know, be, like, needing care at at that point? no. Yeah. So everything hits to home. And the the um, another thing I want to point out before we close is that um, with One America, you have the option of doing the continuation of benefits. So, you know, they have that rider to continue paying beyond just like if you wipe out your base policy that you can buy a rider that pays for mm-hmm. the rest of your life.
0: Well, and something needed. else to think of, if I'm a client and I have this, you know, significant amount of assets you know we also want to look on the outside like who who around us could affect our plan you know do i have a mom or a dad that may need care that i might have to help supplement right or a brother or a sister or whatever the case is and we we look at that not just with long-term care but any risk like what outside train wrecks could come in and affect uh, our plan that we you know, we weren't, we weren't planning on that because we, they're not our, they're not a part of our direct family, so to speak. So anyway, we'll kind of, we'll end with that. Alex, we really appreciate you being on today. Uh, This, I always learn more when we talk about this, but I'm extremely passionate about, let's say, you know, people want to come in and talk about how much money they have and grow, 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 grow our assets and, Literally, it doesn't really matter how much money you have because it's just that much for someone else to come in and take away from you, whether it be a care facility, whether it be the government through taxation, whether it be the market through market risk, right? It's, it's, it's about risk management. That's, that's how you really hold on to wealth. And everyone, absolutely. everyone wants to create wealth, but no, you know, it's like, we, okay, let's the first, the number one thing we want to do is okay. If we have enough money to make this work, retirement, then then how do we protect it? That, that's that's what we do.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. If and if you're motivated by love, whether you know, whether it's yourself, your family, or even with our philosophy, this is a no-brainer. You got to have some kind of plan
0: our philosophy Alex and we probably haven't shared this with you but it's it's leaving the legacy right so that's the L omitting the risks so what what kind of legacy do you want to leave what risks could get in the way of that legacy how do we add value to to the assets that we have obviously we want to continue to grow those assets know what we own and then be able to exit with grace and exiting this life or exiting your business you know can you look back and say hey you know I had a plan in place, it worked and, and, you know, I'm, I'm good. So we'll, we'll end with that. And uh, again, we appreciate your time and and look forward to seeing you soon.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. And uh, you know, I think I'll just say one last thing at the end of the day, this is retirement income planning at its best. And at the end of the day, you could spend 10, 15, 20 years developing a retirement plan. And if it doesn't have a long-term care plan, that could eliminate 20 years of planning. Yep. I mean, it could yep. blow a hole in the side of the ship. So yep. at the end of the day, there's gaps in your retirement portfolio, and long-term care being one of the largest gaps, we're looking to come in and, and, and solve that. So I appreciate it again.
0: Yep. I really do. Yeah, appreciate you.
1: And if your financial advisor does not talk about long-term care in any of your conversation, it's time to say, Bye, Felicia! <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right thank you
1: all right till next time peace out peace out that's it for this week's episode of love life money and a cup of coffee with cody kathy thank you for listening be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a thing this is cody and kathy wishing you a love filled life full of prosperity have a good week peace out
0: peace out